0: and welcome back to Capella Industries Insight Podcast. And today we again have a special guest, Jerry Anderson. He is back for a second time. I guess we didn't scare him off the first time. So we have him back again and we are actually gonna be um, switching switching a little bit as far as what we're gonna be talking about. We're gonna be diving into things a little bit deeper. Um, Last time when Jerry was on, we talked about uh, the low income housing And we really just scratched the surface as far as um, how we can solve the low income housing shortages. And we're gonna actually dive in just a little bit deeper. But before we do that, for any new listeners out there that maybe have not heard Jerry before, um, I just want to ask you to just share a little bit about your background, uh, what you specialize in, how long you've been doing it.
1: Oh, very good. Well, thank you for having me, number one. I currently uh, have my own business, it's a federal consulting group, and we do consulting with affordable housing primarily for government agencies uh, uh, on a national level. In addition to that, my prior experience, uh, good heavens, it goes clear back to the RTC in the 1990s, uh, working with... Um, the savings and loan uh, uh, debacle that was going on at that time and taking in properties, and I actually was introduced to affordable housing at that point in time. After that, I did do consulting with the federal government, primarily with HUD, uh, through a group that I worked with, uh, dealing again with Section 8 contracts. And affordable housing, and after that, actually went to work for HUD in Washington, where I was the Associate Deputy Assistant Secretary for the Office of Affordable Housing Preservation. So, after my stint there of seven years in Washington, uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed, uh, that's when we formed um, a federal consulting group to continue the process of trying to maintain and enhance affordable housing across the nation.
0: Wow. Wow, thank you for that. Now, um, why don't we just go ahead and dive right into it? Okay. Perfect. So my first question to you is, I want to, I want to um, talk about what's in our backyard. Let's just start there. We're here in Colorado, right? So let's talk about um, obviously the affordable housing. It's, it's my, to my knowledge, that there is, as far as the latest numbers, um, there's over 121,000 units in the state of Colorado as far as shortages go. And so my question to you is, why is this and are there any programs at a state or a local level available um, to assist with development of low income housing?
1: Yes, well the number is fairly accurate actually at 121,000 units and I want to emphasize the name units. It's not people, it's units that we need for families, for elderly, all of those fit into that category. These are people that are 50% of the area median income. In Denver, the area median income is about $117,000 a year, Wow! so even 50% of that uh, starts making it impossible for some of these people to go to what I'll call conventional or market rate properties to live or purchase a home because of the price that, that we're confronted with in the state of Colorado. Uh, we're fortunate, believe it or not, that it's only 121,000. Uh, nationwide, you know, that number creeps up to between 7 and 10 million. Wow. So think okay. of the city, New York City, where you have 8 million people. Yeah. That's how nationwide that's the lack wow. of affordable units that we have. Jeez. In Colorado, we have been blessed with the fact that. Uh, We have agencies that are very um, forthcoming and very uh, uh, active in the affordable housing arena. Uh, The state has the Division of Housing, uh, which is set up and they're very active in helping to provide funding for private sector or nonprofits to build affordable housing and they try and make it available Uh, as much as possible, as much as the budget will will withstand. Right. Uh, We also have uh, our local housing agencies, that uh, that's their job is to Mm. provide safe, decent, affordable housing for communities. So with all of that, why do we have 121,000? Well, the problem still is finding that financing, Mm. getting the people into that financing, and then the majority of the people that need affordable housing in the state of Colorado are actually in the thirty percent of AMI level. So they're really low, you know, thirty-five thousand or less a year
0: right. of income. Yeah.
1: And for those people to get into affordable housing, we really need to subsidize properties we need mm-hmm. to help subsidize those rents right for those people and that's where we're lacking yep. um, with programs available yeah. uh, to facilitate that uh, some come out but they're very minimal yeah and if they do come out it's hard to sustain them over years so okay. the subsidy programs just aren't available HUD has the section 8 program yep. and the section 8 voucher program which is a subsidy program, but again, we're very limited on the numbers that come into the state of Colorado. But with those numbers that do come in, our government and our agencies do a wonderful job of administering and trying to get those out to our people as quickly as possible. So it sounds bad, but (laughs) uh, uh, I work in a lot of other states where the, uh, the affordable housing deficiency is just horrendous yeah. and it's, uh, it's hard to get over. The other problem we have, too, is if we do have affordable housing out there, mm-hmm. maintaining right. that affordable housing becomes problematic. Um, we do have, fortunately, very active low-income housing tax credit um, programs in the state which are administered by Colorado Housing Finance Agency, which does a wonderful job of that, Okay, that provides not only the building of new properties for affordable purposes, but the rehab of existing okay. properties. Yeah. And that's a big plus for us.
0: Right. How often, I'm a little side note here, but how often do you, tr- should we or do we, I guess, try to get in there and kind of keep them livable and upgrading them and things of that nature as rehabs go?
1: Yeah, normally <clears throat> on the properties that we work with um, under the, let's uh, say a new, uh, new property under low income housing, okay. there's actually a 20 year schedule of oh, wow. capital needs that's presented at the time. Okay. And they're supposed to be setting aside funding on an annual basis. Mm -hmm. for going into what we call a replacement reserve account uh, to facilitate those needs as they come due. You may have refrigerators due in year 10, and you want to make sure you have the money in year 10 to facilitate that. Unfortunately, they don't keep up with that replacement reserve on an annual basis. And so what happens is we end up with deficiencies, and so the properties start going downhill. Mm. Um, public housing in the state of Colorado there's a difference between um, subsidized and public housing public housing is subsidized um, but it is subsidized not through section 8 Uh, the housing agencies are just given an operating subsidy every year Mm. and a capital grant to help with the uh, improvements that are to be made to properties That's dictated through Congress and the national budget. Okay. Um, There's never enough money there. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so in Colorado, we're faced with that as well. And um, so um, we work on a program currently through HUD and a lot of the uh, properties in the state of Colorado that were public housing have converted over to what we call the Section 8. Subsidy and it's mandatory that they make those deposits on an annual basis. So it is helping. It is helping. And uh, so from a local standpoint, I know a lot of our housing authorities in the state of Colorado are taking advantage of the rental assistance demonstration program for that purpose.
0: Okay. Wow. Now, what? Now, what about on a national um, level? Are there are there programs on a national level encouraging development developers to invest in low income housing?
1: The um, every administration comes out with an affordable housing budget every year. You know, it's one of those nice things that you want to say, that we're out there, we're going to take care of affordable housing. Right. Uh, It's a budgetary process, to be quite honest with you. And it's one where uh, they may put the money out, but they're really dependent on the states to take advantage of those budgets to do that. Obviously the biggest program that the government provides for us is the low income housing tax credit program. Mm. And that then is given out to each state uh, based on um, population. So um, some states get more from a tax credit standpoint than others and then uh, we have bonds that you have to do with 4% credits as well and there's always a cap on those. So we're constrained a little bit by that. I would say that from a national level, there's a lot of uh, groups in Washington, interest groups that have been pushing for a greater number um, to increase that cap for the low income housing tax credits for the states so that we get more dollars per person in the state. Okay. And that seems to be getting some action which is okay. which is good. So we're seeing some activity along the low income housing tax credit and again that's used not only to build new but to renovate uh, existing, okay. and so th- that's a big plus for us as right. well, that that goes on. Yeah. But that's the biggest program. And has that
0: kind of been increasingly getting a little better? It's,
1: it's getting refined. more and more action, yes, <laughs> okay. and we're, we're seeing more activity there, and uh, I happen to know the two gentlemen that work very hard in Congress. Uh, okay. To uh, facilitate that, they're they're excellent at what they do, very knowledgeable, Good. and uh, full of numbers. So uh, uh, very pleased to know them, number one, but very pleased to have them yeah. as advocates uh, yeah. for the low-income housing tax credit program as well. Really
0: trying to make it happen. Yeah, and that's what we need. We need people yep. that actually are saying they're going to do it, and then they're actually pushing, and to, they're do
1: pushing to do it. Pushing to do it. And a lot of uh, uh, groups out there, like National East Housing, NCSHA. Mm-hmm these are groups that focus primarily on affordable housing okay. and um, uh, they have a lot of memberships across the country, they're national organizations, and they do a very wonderful job of advocacy in Congress as well. So,
0: okay. Well, that's good to know and it's good to know that we have somebody like you here willing to speak with us that <laughs> that has this knowledge, has, who knows what's happening you know, on the other side of things and that things are progressing. Yeah. Um, now, kind of to transition a little bit is there any pushback from communities uh government and builders preventing the development of affordable housing
1: the um i think probably one of the biggest pushbacks is from communities okay um it's called nimby uh okay not in my backyard (laughs) Um, and nimbyism has been around forever and of course uh, when you say affordable housing, people get a negative context that right. this is going to bring nothing more than drugs or crime into my area, right. and it's just not the case. Okay. Uh, right now, from a federal level, <clears throat> if uh, I wanted to use federal um, funding to build a new property for affordable purposes. Right. I have to go through what's called fair housing. Okay. Fair housing now has a rule that says, if you're gonna build, you cannot build in an area that has more than 50% minority okay. or more than 30% um, poverty. Okay. So if you're looking at an area that has 50, more than 50% minority, they will not allow you to, the funding to go there. Hmm. what they're trying to do is push this funding and push these units back into neighborhoods where the residents of affordable housing can take advantage of what the other neighborhood is is realizing at the same time hmm. i call it we're lifting them up
0: right no if okay. you put
1: them all into a group into one area of town right that has nothing but crime and drugs, what are you gonna end up with? Yep. And so they're trying to pull this away. Wow. It, it has created some issues, obviously, okay. you can imagine. And so if we're wanting to build into one of those areas, right. uh, we do get NIMBYism, not in my backyard. Okay. But that's becoming more and more, I think, uh, uh, we're deterring that some by showing the type of housing that we're being able to build. Yep and create and then the other programs to help educate our residents that go into those right and make them more secure properties as well so
0: okay now i guess one of my questions is you know they said you know not in my backyard right they think it's going to bring down the value of the area but we want to give people an opportunity to rise up and so maybe statistically or um, from your experience, do you feel that developing in these areas where people can have a better chance at kind of coming up and, and changing things, do you feel that a lot of people do take advantage of that and they actually are able to kind of reestablish themselves and, and get different opportunities?
1: I think this is so new, I can't really give you a good answer on that, except to say, um, I do know that we have built in some of these areas uh, and moved and, and done new construction in these areas. And in um, one in Georgia, a small town in Georgia called Villa Recca, okay. um, we did this exactly. We took affordable housing, we tore down, uh-huh. and we built new, and the surrounding area did not fit those parameters of 50% minority or 30% poverty. Right. It was a better area, and we've had success there with okay. uh, with not only the communities getting involved with us in helping, okay. but also with our residents in mm-hmm. our affordable housing units. I think it's just created a better lifestyle for them, okay. and so I feel I feel pretty positive about it. That's not to say. Some areas still may have that uh, influx of some crime, but the crime we've noticed in affordable housing actually comes from outside in, not from inside out, which Mm. means it's not the residents, it's affiliates of the residents that are creating the problem. And so I'm a big proponent of secured properties where You have to have a key card to get in, and so on and so. That has helped a great deal as oh, well. Okay. That's only one little aspect. By the way, it's a it's a much bigger yeah. um, environment that we deal with there. But right. it's it is something that I think we are lifting people up.
0: I love that because to me, it's it's a, it's exactly what it's about. It's about giving people a different opportunity, helping people. C- you just get the opportunity to choose whether you want to yes. rise up and have, have more and do more. And so yeah. I love that perspective and it's kind of some insight that you are doing it. And it is, wit- and it is succeeding. Now, you can't control everything, right? But no. there's, there's some success in that. So um, now, do you think that the rise in cost of housing could, could push affordable housing out of reach for a large portion of people? And uh, if so, how do we deal with this?
1: Well, we've experienced this in Colorado for the last couple of years where we've had just um, uh, housing costs going through the roof. Um, Yes. And now, with the current interest rate environment, you know, when the housing costs were going up, but we had 2% rates for mortgages, mm, there was a nice offset there. Right. But uh, now, We're seeing some rise with rates to where rates are, you know, tearing up towards the 7% level. And it just absolutely is diminishing the opportunity for people to get into home ownership. And normally what happens when all of that goes up is the cost of rentals go up as well. So to um, have people in rental housing, they may be okay now, but when their contract is up, more than likely those rents are going to go up. Mm. That is problematic.
0: Do you see it shifting as far as interest rates? And what are your what are your thoughts on that?
1: I don't think we're going to see a shift in rates. I think what we're going to have to do is um, make more opportunities for those pep- people in those lower levels right. um, to. Enhance their income levels to where they can rise up to the the, the levels of the economy in the particular state mm-hmm. uh, And that's tough because yeah. <clears throat> we have a lot of people that are on Unemployment yep, we have a lot of people that are on welfare And we have a lot of people that are on just social security our elderly, in particular are on social security that creates a situation where we're dependent on national or local governments to enhance those. And it's a trailing, always trailing to where there's a gap in there where our residents are and people that are in those categories are going to suffer. And so we're, we're, I think, uh, trying to do more to get that enhanced as well.
0: Okay now how are we how else are we dealing with it is there anything else that you can add to that
1: the well i think with the current election coming up here in five days right uh, at least in the state of colorado we do have this proposition one two three that um, deals with affordable housing it it does Assist with rental assistance. Okay. So if we have people that are caught in that gap where they're just uh, really having difficulties, they can apply and potentially get a mm-hmm. subsidy to help them out. Okay. They're also looking at a subsidy program where they can help subsidize some of those rents for people in the 30% uh, of AMI level or less. Okay. Also for home ownership, one of the big um, issues with purchasing a home when you're in those categories is coming up with a down payment. You might right. be able to make the payment, mm-hmm. but that down payment, and so, part of the uh, Proposition 123 is for down payment assistance as well. Okay. Now, <clears throat> that's the good news. The bad news is there's red tape that goes along with that, and so people have to understand what's involved in getting there, and I think we need to educate Those people that um, we need to focus on that could apply and assist them in applying for that assistance, whether it be down payment assistance, the subsidy assistance, or whatever. And uh, we need a good program to do that. I think part of the funding for Proposition 123 is for education. Okay. Um, But again, I think Proposition 123, the total. Amount is probably around $4 million. Okay. Or $400 million. Okay, Excuse I was like... Mm. $400 <laughs> million. So if we wanted to build new units, right. and if the units were, say, 200000 a unit
0: yeah. to
1: build, how many do you think we can build with $400 million?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it uh, just barely touches the 121,000 units that we're looking at. I think it's probably somewhere around fifteen, twenty thousand units, right. which we're not gonna shirk at, we're happy right. to have it. Right. Because without it, we, we, those units, the, the money wouldn't simply you. wouldn't be available. Right. And not all, all of it goes for new construction. Okay. You know that um, uh, rental assistance is gonna take part of it, down payment assistance is gonna take part of it, and then new construction. But I, I am very pleased to see all of those categories being addressed and not just pigeonholed into mm-hmm. one area. We are trying to address uh, several areas of concern in the state of Colorado. Right. I also want to bring out that the 121,000 units does not include homeless. So okay. that's a total another category mm. that's outside of the 121,000 units. Wow.
0: Okay. Wow. Um, I didn't know that. What is what is the rate of homelessness, at least in Colorado?
1: I'm not sure what the rate is. Okay. I just know it's problematic, and it's tough to get your arms around. Right. We have, in Colorado, a group called Coalition for the Homeless that is, is, works very closely yeah. with the state, and they do a very good job of um, ensuring that our homeless are at least... Trying to be taken care of. Right. Part of the problem with some of the homeless is they're really pretty satisfied with where they are. Yep. I did see on the news this morning where uh, Aurora has housing available for homeless that they're trying to get the homeless okay. to move into, and they've got a um, they've built like um, mini homes. Yeah. Uh, for the homeless to move into, which I think is is going to help that right. process a great deal. Okay, but I, didn't I know they
0: had that in Aurora.
1: Yeah, wow. Okay, that that has just started up there, and Aurora has had a a substantial homeless problem. Yep. Um, I think Denver has a substantial homeless problem. It's tough to deal with. Right. But on the other hand, um, I I do think that if we can provide them a safe shelter right with heat yep and decent uh, bathing and um essentials um, yeah. and yeah then i think we've we've made some giant strides towards really? helping with that that problem yep so
0: i agree with that 100 yeah. And percent. i love that we're doing that in our backyard yes um now do you think that this is the right way to deal with affordable housing in colorado um or is there a a better solution or a better way to do it? Uh,
1: I, um, I think we're, we're, Colorado is very well focused, I think, towards uh, affordable housing. I right. think they try and institute programs to facilitate our affordable housing problem. Uh, at the end of the day, if we had funding, we could probably solve it, but funding funding <laughs> is always the, the issue. Yeah. The increase in low income housing tax credit uh, uh, allocations for the state would be wonderful. Um, other programs like Proposition 123, okay. where the state actually puts funding in, all of these together help uh, the situation. We just have to keep pushing towards those areas and maybe come up with even more unique ideas uh, to help solve the problem. But we need to solve the problem because along with this, if we can solve the affordable housing problem, Mm -hmm. we also, I think, take care of some of the crime. Yep. And I think we take care of some of the drugs, not all, some I say, yep. but I think it enhances those um, and helps us in those areas as well.
0: It's just about moving the needle forward.
1: That's all we're trying to do. You know, yep.
0: is there any other, um, I guess, any other tips or uh, advice that you would give to our listeners about, um, you know, well, like... For instance, for instance, Proposition 123, right, that's coming up, and, and anything else that might be coming up that we can keep our eyes
1: on or look towards? or I think the biggest thing is to be aware. Right. I think too many people say affordable housing, and they really don't understand what affordable housing is okay. and where these 121,000 units are needed and why. Right. And so I think uh, to get involved a little bit with that, you don't have to jump in head first, but I think to be more aware of the issues that surround affordable housing and what that need and desire is, I think would, would help a great deal because that means now we're having more public involvement in the affordable housing arena, and I would love to see that. Uh, I think we have some wonderful agencies that do terrific jobs, but I think we need that public support uh, as well to enhance the abilities towards uh, affordable housing. The knowledge is, is really some. I've obviously dealt with it for, 40 years. Right. So, I feel very strongly about uh, our preservation uh, of affordable housing and trying to enhance that and enhance people's lives going forward.
0: Well, I think that's going to take care of a lot of issues that we see, especially in our backyard. And we all want... at the end of the day, I feel like everybody wants a, a comfortable lifestyle. Everybody wants to be happy and kind of find where they want to be. And I think if we all come together, and like you said, we're a little bit more aware and educated, On these issues and say okay how can we how can we come together and take some action in a positive way so um, well Jerry that's all I had for you but I really really appreciate you coming on here again Um, and thank you again just for everything that you went over Um, we appreciate your time
1: it's been my pleasure and and I appreciate it because my last comments about (laughs) making people aware I think this will help make them aware and maybe You know, we have the internet, we have all of these facilities available to us to become educated a little bit in this regard, and I take advantage of it. It's a click away. It's a click away. It's a click away? Perfect, perfect. (laughs) But thank you for having me on as well. I appreciate it. Thank you.